Praise the Lord. Well, we are still in our series on real life, real love, real purpose, and apparently I have got hung up on real life <laughs> because, uh, I mean, life, zoe life, Greek word for life in the New Testament is zoe. Well, there's uh, several words, but we're talking about eternal life. The Greek word is zoe, and it really means the life and the nature of God. The life and the nature of God. And so in just a, fin- just a minute, we're going to continue uh, with our series uh, with real life, real life. But I want to tell you for a second what's going to happen. And when you approach the word of God or you come together with other believers, it's really important to activate your faith and to understand what is happening or the potential of what will happen or what God wants to happen. And so what the Lord wants to happen is he wants to meet with you. He wants to have a meeting with you, right? You and him, and here we're coming corporately, so it's like a group meeting. But he's the one that has called the meeting. Literally, if you look up the word ecclesia, which means like the church, in the New Testament, I love William Barclay's definition, just gives so much light. He said, it is a meeting both of saved and unsaved people, a meeting that God himself has called. What does that mean? That means God wants to meet with you. What happens in a meeting? Now, (laughs) I've had some jobs where you're like, man, if I have another meeting. (laughs) Like, you feel like your whole job is a meeting. Like, okay, I'm going to this meeting and this meeting. And, well, let's meet before the meeting so we can discuss what we're going to discuss at the meeting. And then let's have a post-meeting to decide, like, what are the to-dos? Who has the tasks? I'm like, meeting, meeting, meeting. That's not really the kind of meeting that I'm talking about. But when you have a meeting, a good meeting, the Lord will speak. Whoever called the meeting, they called it for a reason. And God's not a man that he should lie. So he's not just going to call a meeting for nothing. He calls a meeting for a reason. And so when we come together, uh, I should say, When a group of believers come together, we are coming not just to see each other, although we want to see each other. And, you know, the study of the church of Jesus Christ, I like how Pastor Mark Haken says it, is the study of supernatural relationships. In other words, the Lord will actually call you to join up with a local body of believers. And in that body, there are things that you need that you won't get when you're in the wrong place. In other words, when you need a word from God, it doesn't always come from the preacher. And it doesn't always come in your own time in the word. I know the Lord told Pastor Mark, there are some things that in order for you to get, you're going to have to get it through someone else. I love that because you know why? It keeps me humble. Like, oh, I'm an island to myself. I'm just going to go worship the Lord in the woods, and uh, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to. Oh, the Bible actually says, the more you see the day approaching, assemble yourselves together. 
There is a power and something that can happen when there's an assembly of believers that cannot happen on your own. Now, there's things that can happen on your own that cannot happen when there's an assembly of believers, so you can't go to one extreme or the other. In other words, you can't just always uh, rely on church to do, well, that's the only time you read your Bible, that's the only time that you pray, that's the only time you look to the Lord. But there is a supply that is present in an assembly of believers. And so what's going to happen here this morning is when we speak the word, the word of God itself will penetrate your outward man, and it will penetrate your mind, and it'll go right to the core of your being. And it's the only thing that can do that. Hebrews says that the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. There's no instrument that's sharper than the word of God. Dividing asunder, King James says, or dividing into or dividing soul and spirit. So I tell people, including myself, when I'm having difficulty, okay, uh, what should I do? Like maybe it's about, uh, you know, relationship. Uh, I'm married now, but when I was single and you're looking for a relationship with the opposite sex, maybe it's about relationship. And sometimes those are the most challenging times to hear from the Lord because you're like, wait, 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 wait. Was that the Lord or was that me? And you got all this, you know, romance going on and you're kind of like, ah, ah. you got you to be in the word because the word is the only thing that can divide soul and spirit. Your emotions are in your soul. And so if you get in the word and you feed off of the word, I'm not talking just read words on a page. I'm saying you let it feed your spirit. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what does that mean? That means you're not going to experience fullness of life just by what natural things can produce for you just by what you get in the world right of course he's talking about like uh, natural food but it pertains to everything of the senses you're not going to experience real life if that's where you're trying to get your sustenance you ever had like you have a deficiency in your body and so you need something like when i jog sometimes especially if i jog a long distance this is not going to be medically accurate just experientially accurate. And so I run long distances and I'm like, I'm trying to eat and I, I, I eat all this stuff. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm not, something's not, I'm still have a lack of energy. I haven't like hit the right food to get the right thing. And um, sometimes it's like a sugar or something like that, like a no-bake cookie really. <laughs> and people laugh at me because that's my favorite cookie. But uh, when I eat other foods, if they're sweet foods, because sometimes when you run, you, 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 you run low on sugars or something like that. And so I eat other foods. Well, they're like almost like make other sweets make you almost shake. But I think it's the peanut butter, which is the protein combined with the, with the chocolate <laughs> that must balance it out chemically. Anyhow, like I said, it's not going to be probably medically accurate. But, but sometimes I need something that my body is not getting. And so Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, if you've come to a meeting, there's going to be words proceeding out of the mouth of God. Um, if as a body and as a leader, you have given the Holy Ghost freedom to speak. 
you understand? Sometimes if you, you could be up and I could have my own agenda and say, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I don't really care what, what unction I have, what leading I have, because I have to be led just like you, just like anybody else. And so, uh, but we always give the service over to the Lord. So we're endeavoring to hear from the Lord. That's why the offering went long. And so, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That reminds me of Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, or faith comes by hearing the rhema of God, and the rhema of God is God speaking to you. In other words, it's when God speaks, and you're like, whoa, I never saw this in that verse before. I had never seen that, and you, you do a double take or a triple take, and you're kind of like, what? What is this? This is great. So you should not live by bread alone, by natural means or natural things or what you can produce on your own. But you should live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Or you should have life by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so um, when we speak, then that word can penetrate to the core of your being, and it does penetrate the core of your being when we speak the word of God. The spirit of God will speak to you, and he will draw you. And if you need healing in your body, you can actually get up and receive healing. Or you could sit there and receive healing. But what you have to understand is, it is not Tim Ostrom who is, uh, would heal you. It is not Tim Ostrom who would, uh, came up with these words. I simply speak words that I am given of the Lord that are the word of God. So you hear my voice, but he's the one that heals. You may have hands laid on you. Someone may lay hands on you. You feel their touch. You feel their physical touch. But it is the anointing of the touch of the master that heals you. In other words, when we come together, when two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. So Jesus himself, who is the healer, who is the life giver, who broke all the power of the curse, yeah. he is here right now. Yeah. We walk by faith and not by sight. So you just have to understand, and I have to understand, and we have to understand that when we come together this is kingdom business. I don't remember how many times I, I heard Brother Higgins say it. You know, you'd be in, you know, have crowds of 1,000 or 2,000 or whatever, and, or more in the big, big events. And so, but you'd have one person sitting here and one person sitting here. Same Holy Spirit. This one would get healed and this one wouldn't. Same problem. Because one person connected in faith and the other one didn't. So we have to understand that there is a potential transaction taking place. I say potential, not because there's not. It's like, um, I wish the Lord would speak to me. He just doesn't speak to me. I wish the Lord would speak to me. You know, he just never, never speak to me. Um, well, first of all, I want to know, do you speak to him? Second of all, do I know, do you shut up long enough that he can speak to you? <laughs> because when he has come, he shall speak, Jesus said. 
And he said, call unto me and I will answer you. And he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So either the Bible doesn't work or you're not working the Bible. And so when we get in line with the word, you're almost like, oh, I've got like a secret clue. But you really don't. They're revealed unto believers, but hidden from the world, the Bible says, these things. And so um, the Lord has revealed and opened them to us. So that's one of the reasons that we're here. Anybody else could be here, but you're here. And so there is a word of God for you. Apparently, the rest of the word may be a short word by looking at the clock. <laughs> so that was just extra. All right, real life. But I think it's, it's uh, very important the Lord put it on my heart, uh, you know, actually during the worship time. And when, we, when you realize what is happening and what the potential is, you can actually plug in and receive. And we are not really to plug into people because if you plug into me, you will get what I can offer. Not much. I like, I feel like Brother Hagin. I couldn't heal a gnat's wing. I couldn't heal a fly's eyeball. That's what you always say. I picture it. I can lay hands on an eyeball. Anyhow. <laughs> but if you plug into God, There is a river, Revelation 22 tells us, and that river's name is life. And it is a river of the power of God. And if we can plug into the river of the power of God, then the power of God can flow into our lives and to the lives of those around us. So God is looking for those that will actually plug into him and not plug into uh, the news and not plug into your problems and not plug into your bank account and not plug into who said this and who said that and not plug into politics, but to be plugged into him. Why? Because he's looking for a woman and a man, young and old, to be able to show him strong on behalf of humankind. So he needs a conduit that he can flow through. He needs a conduit that's not just going to stop it right at them, but it's going to let it flow. And so he's looking for human flesh in the earth. I mean, that is why Christ had to come in the flesh, so he could actually affect the earth realm and, as a man, gain our freedom and gain the ability of his spirit to live inside of us without destroying us. That's what the blood of Jesus did. You know, Uzzah, like, was trying to steady the ark, and he you know, touched the Ark of the Covenant and fell dead. So it's actually amazing what happens in the new creation, uh, what has happened. And so let's look, first of all, at John chapter 1, verse 4. In him, speaking of Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John chapter 1, verse 4. I like to just replace uh, the English word with the Greek word because of sometimes I get too familiar with it and also it just brings more light. So in him was zoe, and zoe was the light of men. One translation says the development of mankind. So in him, in Christ, was life, 
and that life was the light of men. Another translation says, eternal life is in him, and this life gives light, brought light to mankind. Another translation, Crick says, eternally energizing in this, being life was essential, and the life was essentially the light of humankind. John chapter 5, verse 26, for as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. For as the Father has zoe in himself, so has he given to the Son to have zoe in himself. And then we've been reading John 10, 10 every week, and I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Or I have come that you might have zoe and that you might have it in abundance. When you are born again, zoe comes into you. You are recreated with zoe. Zoe is the life of God and the nature of God or life as God has life. When when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, man was separated from God and spiritual death occurred. And the day that you eat that, you will surely die. But they did not fall dead physically that day, although death begun in their physical body on that day. But they died spiritually that day. They were separated from God. They were separated from the life of God, separated from the nature of God. So now they had a new nature, and it was not a good nature. And uh, they had a new source of life, and it was limited. So Jesus came. The whole reason he came, the whole theme of the Gospel of John is what? One word. Life, or zoe, the very life of God and the nature of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 10, and 11 says, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. The zoe of Jesus might be manifest in our body. For which... For which we live and always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Well, what does that mean? Well, you know, my favorite part of the faith series was like turning away from yourself and what the world has to offer and turning to Christ. And if you're not going to turn away from that and you're going to try to live a life of faith and you're going to try to believe, okay, well, the life of God, eternal life is inside of me but I'm not releasing all this other stuff, then you're not going to experience the benefits of the eternal life of God in you. Life as God has life. You're, you're, you're going to be sitting on like, this is not, I don't even, can't even really illustrate this with money, but let's just try. You're going to sit on like $100 trillion inside of you and live on $10 a week. And that's not a good enough illustration, but you understand what I'm saying. Because you actually have the source of all life on the inside, but you're choosing to live on what you can do. And think about it uh, where it comes home, like in every situation. What did the uh, rich young ruler even happen? What happened to him when he came to Jesus? Remember, he came to Jesus and said, you know, Hey, I've done all the law and all the commandments, you know, and da da da, da you know, and 
just proud of himself, patting himself on the back, and what must I do to inherit eternal life? I said, well, you just lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. Why is that? Because we know that the Lord wants to bless you. That was a God unto him. And you see it because he went away sad. Because that money owned him instead of him owning the money. And so he couldn't partake of the life of God in this life or the life to come. Well, some people have received eternal life, and they're expecting to partake of it in the, in the life to come, but you've received eternal life the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that eternal life is not in you just to take up space. That eternal life is in you so that you can live life like God himself would live life. And that eternal life is to affect every part of us. And as soon as you believe that and act on it, I mean, man, the second you, somebody asks, will you pray for me for healing? You have to know that the healer lives inside of you, that the very Zoe life of God flows out of you through your hand when you put your hand on someone in the name of Jesus. Right? In, his, in the name of Jesus is really like... Um, uh, Power of attorney. It's like a legal thing. And so like if you're going to go, if I'm going to go overseas for a long period of time or something, which I'm not, <laughs> and my wife needed to take care of uh, some of the housing affairs and my name was on that or whatever, then I would give her the power of attorney. So when she went and she signed the paperwork, it's the same thing as if I myself were there signing the paperwork. So that's like a short name of Jesus thing. But when we, in the name of Jesus, lay hands, it's, it's tantamount to Jesus himself laying hands on them. We are the body of Christ. And so when we lay hands legally and in the realm that is real, and when I say that, I mean like the supernatural realm, the realm that created what you see, feel, hear, touch, smell, taste then that power can flow. And faith activates the power. When, as soon as you believe it. Like if you don't believe that you have $100,000 in your account and you need to go get $10,000 uh, and you believe that you have like $100 in your account, unless you're very dishonest, you're not going to go try to draw $10,000 out of your account. Because you're like, it's not there. But we've all heard stories, hopefully, uh, where people, uh, you know, this lady was a maid for this uh, woman of nobility over in Europe, and um, when that lady died, she just left this in her will. She left this picture to this lady, and on the back of that picture, she had uh, some note or something like that where the lady had, I think it was today, be equivalent to millions of dollars, but she's like living in poverty, didn't know she had it. Somebody's like, hey, can I look that, examine it? Because the lady couldn't read real well, and so they took and had it examined. They're like, whoa, you got it made. So she's living way down here when she could be living the best of the best. And that's what happens so many times as a believer because we allow the world's system of which Satan is in charge and is the, the God of to be the main input that we respond to. And so that's where we learn the standards that we should have. And that's where we learn um, 
what should happen if sickness comes in our body or disease comes in our body. And that's where we learn like how money should work and all of these type of things. And you have to know some of that to function here in the earth. But you have to understand that God supersedes all of those things in Christ. Because Jesus came and got that authority back that Adam and Eve gave to the devil when they submitted unto him. Christ came as the second Adam, Romans says. And we're, when we're born again, we're in that line of the Adam. We're taken out of the other line and we're put in the new line, which is the life of God, where Jesus is the forerunner that went before us and we follow in his footsteps. So as a believer, we have access and actually we, we possess the very life of God. And that life can affect every part of your life. This is Aeonius Zoe, eternal life. The Greek words Aeonius and Zoe. And Aeonius is only attributed to the eternal, to God himself, to the source of all. And he is saying, um, you know, John 3, 15, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have Aeonius Zoe. So whoever believes in Jesus Christ should not perish but have the very life like God has life and the nature that God has. Like the statements are so significant, it's really hard to say them because it's, it's, it, it boggles your natural mind that we actually have the life of God and the nature of God. John 10.10, 10, we'll finish with that. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Wade translation. I, on the contrary, have come that they might have life and have it in fullest measure. I have come for people to have life and have it until it overflows. This is why Jesus came. The whole reason he came. That men may have life and have it in overflowing measure. Crick says... I alone came in order that they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in superabundance. That's what, excuse me. And evermore, more and more possessing it. I came so that they would have life and have it overflowing in them. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it overflowing in them. Talk about it. I don't know when it was. In the last week, I was talking to somebody about pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I don't know if I said it last week or not, but if I did, it's still good. So, like, if you're thinking about it, I got to think about that a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's fall, and so I'm thinking about leaves, and I'm like, okay, if I had a five gallon bucket and I filled it with leaves, I could press it down and fit a lot more leaves into that bucket. And so I could press it down, and I'm gonna put more in, press those down, press those down, press those down. By that time, there's little, uh, Edges are breaking off of the leaves. And so I could, especially in that case, I might have to have a weight on it. I could shake it and I could get all these little pieces and I could press it down and then running over. And so that's how God gives super abundant, abundant life. And Jesus said, I didn't come so that you could just exist. I didn't come so you could just take up space and breathe air and take someone's carbon footprint if you want to think that way. 
I came that you might have a life that is not of this world and that in abundance. I came that you might have an existence and an experience of life just like God himself has an existence and an experience of life. And that is not just here in uh, the realm that is like a fleeting mist and then, we're, and then we're gone and it's over, but that is in your eternal existence. And so, but it affects the here and the now. And Jesus said, I don't want you just barely getting along. I don't want you subject to every whim and woe of the devil and, and, and people that don't know any better and people that think they have good intentions but are causing you to go the wrong direction. I have come that you might have life, real life, and that you might have it in abundance or overflowing more than enough of that life. I think it's the same reason he like says when you give and he multiplies your seed sown that you having all of your needs met can also give. That you have so much life in you that you're a conduit that transmits that life wherever you go. Through your words, through your action, through your touch, through your prayers, that we actually are carriers of the glory of God. And when the glory of God shows up in a situation Whatever is of the devil has no choice but to leave and to flee for those that will yield to the glory. It's the manifested presence of God himself. And so he has set it up so that we don't just get born again and get fly out of here. But what the devil's worst nightmare came to pass when he saw the Lord of glory and he saw the anointing of God on this man, Jesus Christ, and that it didn't matter what the devil would throw at Jesus, whichever direction he came from, that Jesus more than overcame every attack of the enemy. Didn't matter what it was. And Jesus gave us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. And he said, everything that I'm doing, I don't do it of myself. I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I see my father do or what I hear my father say. That's all I do. That's all I say. In other words, I have given up my life. Like Paul said, it is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the Lord. All right, let me finish with this. I know it's the second time I said I'm fish. This is a quote from George Muller who had an orphanage in Bristol, England. But when he started to have an orphanage, he didn't have anything. He just had a vision from God. He, the, he had compassion from the Lord, and he wanted to help. And um, so uh, he gave up everything and trust the Lord for all finances, for everything to come in, and it did. And he said by the time he, uh, before he passed away, uh, that it took as much faith at the beginning to believe God for $1 as it did a million dollars when he had thousands of orphans and the buildings and the personnel and everything to support that. He said he was able to grow his faith to the point where it t- he could operate in the same amount of faith that it took to believe God for a dollar. Now, in today's terms, that dollar is probably more like $10 American, you know, just so you know, maybe 100 I don't know. I, I looked it up, but I forgot. <laughs> Anyhow, he lived a life of faith. And here's what he said when someone asked him, how would you sum up your life? What would you say? He said, there was a day when I died, utterly died, died to George Mueller, his opinions, 
preferences, tastes, and will died to the world, its approval or censure, died to the approval or blame even of my brethren and friends. And since then, I have studied to show myself approved unto God. Isn't that good? I'll read it one more time. There was a day when I died, utterly died, died to George Mueller, his opinions, preferences, tastes, and will, died to the world, its approval or its censure. In other words, they're saying, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. Died to the approval or blame even of my brothers and friends, brethren, you know, other believers. And since then, I have studied to show myself approved unto God. So when you get up to heaven after you've lived a life, you want to be able to have run your race good. And you want to say, here, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And if we try to live our life by the opinions of man, by the opinions of our friends, by the opinions of the world system, you may get a little spurt here in this life where people are like, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we want to live for the eternal. And when we live for the eternal... In light of the word and the truth of redemption, you will live a life even here on the earth above the rest. Actually, you'll live a life in rest above the worries, above the frets, above all of the schemes of the devil and all of the schemes of people and all of the plans of people and all of the natural wisdom that the Bible actually calls devilish. You'll live in the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God will open up to you the plan of God. And you'll see and you'll know, this is why I'm here. This is what he has called me to do. And you will have a life that is fulfilling beyond any amount of natural fulfillment that an education could get you, that a good job could get you, that a position wherever your dream position is could get you. But you will live a life of fulfillment that inwardly fulfills you in such fullness and such reality that you will be bursting at the seams with the very life of God, and you'll be bursting at the seams with the very joy of the Lord, and the Lord himself will approve, and these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils, they'll exercise authority over the devil, they'll speak with due tongues, if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. You will have a path, what do you call it? A wake of the glory of God, and the life of God that affects the atmosphere and the people around you, you will have the very life of God in manifestation. Praise the Lord. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive, that your word is powerful. We thank you that your word penetrates to the real us, to the core of who we are. And Father, we just ask that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you and in the knowledge of you, Father, in the knowledge that we are carriers of your presence and carriers of your glory, that when we show up, you're there, that we can give your love, that we can give your life, that we can allow you to use who we are, use our bodies, use our minds, think through our minds, speak through our mouth, lay hands on people through our bodies, that we are available and ready for you. Father, I thank you that you didn't plan an evil plan for us, but you planned life 
and that more abundantly. And Jesus came to bring us that and to give us that. And so we, by faith, declare that we partake of that and that we are not living way down uh, barely getting along, we're not living way down, can't make it through the day, can't handle the thoughts, can't handle the stress, but that we live our life in Christ Jesus, who is our strength, who is our hope, who is our help, who is our stability, who is our Lord. Jesus is the Lord of our life. Father, we thank you for bringing us into your family. We thank you for giving us your spirit, that he teaches us all things, that he leads us and guides us. I pray for each and every person that's here and that's listening. Father, that you would open up your word to us, that your words, as we read them and meditate on them and hear them, would be flooded with light, that understanding would come, and that we wouldn't just hear your word, but we would be doers of your word, walking in the light of your word by the power of your spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.